Good morning and welcome to the trough for Monday, the twentieth of February. Today, credit where credit's due. A new political debate looming over the banks. The prime minister heads west and moves to fund coal power using the so-called green bank. The federal government has confirmed it's keen to get the Clean Energy Finance Corporation to help fund the construction of coal-fired power stations. The coalition says the $10 billion fund could be used for ultra-supercritical stations that burn less coal. But Labor and the Greens are staunchly against the plan, warning this goes against what the Clean Energy Finance Corporation is all about. Now, the Australian and the ABC today say that the Energy Minister, Josh Frydenberg, is considering changing the rules of the CEFC. It would not need parliamentary approval to change the rules of the corporation. Its mandate currently prevents it putting money into new coal-fired generators because they don't cut emissions by at least 50%. But there will need to be a vote in Parliament to change the ban on funding carbon capture and storage. Now, this comes a week after the CEFC chief, Oliver Yates, warned that such a move would be a risky economic proposition for taxpayers. And others have warned that the ultra-supercritical stations are still going to be twice as polluting as gas stations, and it'll make it harder to meet Australia's greenhouse gas reduction target. Now, this comes, though, as the federal government is trying to pick a fight over the cost of electricity bills, so watch this space. The Prime Minister, Malcolm Turnbull, is visiting Western Australia today, three weeks out from the state election. The Sunday Times tells us he was at a fundraiser last night, a $10,000-a-head dinner attended by 20 people, and is expected to today announce more investment in defence industry infrastructure after a number of radio interviews later today. It's also worth checking out a pretty cringeworthy video of the Liberal MPs and candidates dancing and clapping to Daft Punk's song One More Time at the launch yesterday. The ANZ has announced a new front in the battle against the prospect of a royal commission into the banks. It's announced it will cut interest rates on two of its credit card products by up to 2%. No other banks have followed suit just yet. This is a move that the Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull has welcomed, going so far as to claim partial credit for it. The coalition says it's further proof that there's no need to have a Royal Commission into the industry. It is fair to say Labor and the crossbenchers not convinced, even with former Labor Queensland Premier Anna Bly being chosen to head the Australian Bankers Association. And there remains this push to establish a commission of inquiry in federal parliaments into the banks. This inquiry, similar to a Royal Commission, is being pushed by the Greens and Labor has also joined in. They need two coalition MPs to cross the floor in the lower house to support it. The Guardian says George Christensen, so far, is the only one who's expressed interest in that. Over the weekend, we had a push by coalition MPs to exclude banks for corporate tax cuts in a bid to rein in the budget. Now, that idea was quickly ruled out by the Prime Minister, but we've seen more ideas floated this morning from the backbench. John Alexander, Liberal MP, member for Benelong, has told the Fen Review that moderating the capital gains tax... Another idea quickly rejected by Mr Turnbull last week is still a live option and that plans are being worked on. He's been joined by Tony Shepard, the former president of the Business Council of Australia, as well as David Murray, who both say the changes are needed. They need to be considered along with wider changes to corporate tax rates. And the New South Wales Liberal Premier Gladys Berejiklian on the weekend also said she's open to the idea of looking at potential tax changes to improve housing affordability. 
Something from the Saturday paper now, and Karen Middleton says Cabinet is considering whether to extend the period that people need to have permanent residency before gaining citizenship. It's currently set at four years, but the Immigration Minister Peter Dutton is considering extending that time as part of a wider overhaul of the process, including a tougher character test. This comes as the Federal Court rules that those in immigration detention should be allowed to have mobile phones. There was a temporary court injunction against a plan by Australian Border Force on Sunday. The Israeli Prime Minister's visit to Australia this week is already causing a stir. The talks between Benjamin Netanyahu and Malcolm Turnbull are set to focus around cybersecurity, high-tech industries, as well as Palestine. In a joint statement released from 60 prominent Australians today, they've condemned Netanyahu's stance on Palestine and Israeli settlements. This includes former federal court judge Murray Wilcox, businesswoman Jeanette Holmes Court, as well as retired Anglican Bishop George Browning. The former Prime Minister Kevin Rudd has also told Fairfax Media this morning that, quote, the time has come, unquote, for Australia to recognise Palestine, warning that his deepest fear is the disintegration of an independent Palestinian state. The Israeli PM arrives in Sydney on Wednesday for a three-day trip. In other news this morning, a new report by the Australian Institute of Criminology is set to reveal there's been $1.2 billion of fraud against the Commonwealth over a four-year period. Now, this report, according to the Daily Telegraph, says the lion's share of that is from people being overpaid by Centrelink. We're taking this with a grain of salt, though, until we can actually get this publication in our hands. The paper's headline has focused on the $25 million figure allegedly from public servants over that period. The Australian Tax Office has admitted that its working hours don't meet community standards. FOI documents obtained by the ABC shows it tried to boost productivity by nine minutes a day as part of the recent EA uh, negotiations, but it dropped the idea after a backlash from workers. ATO staff get to finish work at 4.51pm. That's one of the shortest in the government, but they also haven't had a pay rise since 2013 due to this long-running pay dispute. Indigenous Labor MPs are gathering in Brisbane today, along with the opposition leader Bill Shorten. It's a new Labor caucus. Uh, They're pushing for a new recruitment drive of Indigenous members, as well as exploring a number of options to get more Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people into state and federal parliaments. The Fin Review is reporting that the Treasurer Scott Morrison has had to cancel a trip to Beijing this week. China has had made a last-minute decision to postpone a meeting of economic officials. Steve Chobo, the Trade Minister, is still heading to China, though. He's got a delegation of bosses from the tourism sector in tow. And Barnaby Joyce has headed up to North Queensland to talk about sugar and George Christensen. The federal MP has caused more grief for the government. George Christensen made threats to leave the party unless it adopts more conservative values. He's also pretty upset about the growers' dispute with Wilmar, an issue which, incidentally, the One Nation Party has jumped on board. Barnaby Joyce uh, told reporters on Saturday, quote, Today I'm acting Prime Minister. I will be for a couple of hours until the boss gets back from New Zealand, unless his plane crashes, in which case this is a permanent thing, unquote. I can report Mr Turnbull has arrived back safely in Australia. And Malcolm Turnbull will be hitting the airwaves in Perth this morning as part of his visit to WA. The Finance Minister Matthias Cormann also getting up nice and early for an interview with AM. The Defence Industry Minister Christopher Pine is in the UAE in the Middle East and Bill Shorten, as I mentioned, is up in Brisbane. There's a few committees today. The Standing Committee on Public Works is looking at a proposed immigration facility in Melbourne, a fit-out of new premises for the NDIS and the DHS in Geelong. There's committees looking at hearing services under the NDIS 
the resilience of electricity infrastructure as well as the Racial Discrimination Act. A cold start in Canberra for this time of year. It should be mostly sunny, though, and a top of just 23 degrees. And thanks again for your company. We're finally on iTunes now. It took a little while, but we're there now. You can hit the subscribe button if you want to get notified when this podcast is ready each morning. Check out the website as well, thetrough.com.au. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. Talk to you tomorrow.